0: The biggest thing, if I could stress to any woman, is you still deserve to figure out your sexuality after you have kids.
1: Mm. Welcome back to Made It Out. Today I'm joined by Chloe Mason. She is a hugely successful model. An author, an art curator, and a mom to a ten-year-old. Yeah, she's visiting us from Portland. We originally asked her to come on the podcast to talk about coming out after having a married life and and having a son, but then after talking last night, we just found out so much more of her journey and her story, and we were like. Let's talk about it all. I've I want to hear fifty lives. Yes, and yeah. I want to hear about all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. welcome. I'm Thank so you for having me. Yeah, yes, I'm so, so excited you're here. We actually both were born in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wild, but, but weren't there for long. Like neither no. of us. No. So tell me, where did you grow up? What was your childhood like?
0: Um, so I was born in Heron, Illinois, super tiny town on technically the White Side of town. There's you know, White Side is. That side and then more towards like Carbondale, which is more where my dad's side's from, more the predominantly um, black area. My mom's family took it a little bit tough. (laughs) My family didn't know that she was pregnant with a black child, a mixed child. And so they all were at the birth and I came out. And my mom was like, she's jaundice. (laughs) And they all were like, "Okay, the orange fades. (gasps) Brown. (laughs) They're like, interesting plot twist. So they didn't talk to her for quite some time. And there was always kind of like a tension. It was a little bit awkward. Um, And it was still a very racist time. It was blatant. It wasn't like passive or no. So I would go to school and it would be like, oh, can you want to have a play date? And they'd be like, oh, my my family said that I can't be friends with N-Words. And it was like, okay. And so that was kind of my initial upbringing, Mm -hmm. um, growing up and just being the only person of color in um, rooms, all white spaces. Um, and then my mom moved me, I believe in 2000 to Seattle, um, to be closer to where my dad lived at that time and more diversity. So I lived there for some time. I counted once. And by the time I was 18, I had moved like 25 times. Oh my gosh. High school. I went to three different high schools and I dropped out at 10th grade. So that puts a lot in perspective. Um, being able to maintain friendships and relationships for more than a few months was, was very hard and have like in-depth friendships because I wasn't really there long enough to nurture them.
1: Yeah. That's isolating. Mm -hmm. What did your mom do that made you move Around so much so she was a minister and if you're in the Christian church uh,
0: she was a, a prophetess and so she went and spoke on Christian television um, she helped with like church plants and ministering to youth or you know people in the church. I actually taught Sunday school for a little bit. Oh, wow. I was on like worship team I wanted to marry a pastor like I felt
1: like that was my my calling. I mean, I imagine in a life that's so kind of lonely and isolating or where you never really have, like, an anchored mm-hmm. place, yeah, something that's, like, faith-based is very, yeah. like, enticing. and
0: It is because you have a community immediately. You join a church, boom, mm-hmm. you have community. You have people that you're pouring into and people pouring into you. Um, but that also leads to church hurt. And, I mean, I was so far left to the point where um, – I would be, somebody asked me, what would I do if I had a gay son? And I was like, kick him out of the house. What? Mm. No, disown him. That's gay. Like, and it's funny how we don't even realize there's so much internalized homophobia and people in general fear what they don't know. Mm -hmm. And I just felt like I had to be a certain thing. I had to be in a box. And Mm -hmm. that's actually completely different. If you know, you believe in the Bible, it's completely different from. You know what you actually you don't have to be anything Mm -hmm. to pour into somebody else's life so i had to understand that and not be bitter you know because bitterness leads to botox and unless you have money for that don't don't do it if you can't afford it well work through your stuff so yeah Amen. but now i can't afford it so every now and then i'll be like i can afford a little bitterness about this And then, I'll, you know, then when I
1: have to save, I'm like, get over it. You can't afford it. (laughs) Oh, a new way of measure. (laughs) Right. Right. So did you realize when you were younger that you were gay?
0: You know, I think it was third grade and my mom was still um, actively ministering at that time. I remember in my room with me and this girl who lived down the street, I thought she was stupid. I remember just thinking like being enamored by her and she was over and we're playing and um, we had taken this photo in a photo booth with, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio was like in the corner and we're like, (laughs) we were playing like house or whatever. And she was like, okay, now we have to kiss each other, but we can put the picture in between our lips. And I remember in that moment being like, well, I don't want the picture there and just being like interesting. And I just remember being different in that way. Um, so I knew something was going on, but I never had any type of femme representation, you know, growing up, especially in a small town, I mean, I'm feminine. I should be with a man, you Mm -hmm. know? And then it was you're gay because you've been hurt. Men have hurt you so much that this is what led you to this point. And so I just, I felt like it was, I'm choosing this because of shame or hurt. And so I just, I couldn't ever find a place for me to identify
1: that way. So was that something that you kind of like shelved and just didn't really lean into? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I didn't know how to unpack that. And at that
0: time therapy was not a thing. Um, it was just, it was kind of hushed for me And I also didn't have space to talk about it with my mom. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't have any queer friends at that point. And as I got older, I realized I got a lot of male attention by being bisexual. It's like, you know, queer for the male gaze. They Mm -hmm. thought it was hot and that's how it was acceptable. Like, ooh, a threesome. They're like, oh, that's hot. Or like girls kissing, that was hot. And I was like, that's a way I could do this. And I didn't realize that at the time that that's even what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it was even during a threesome that I remember all of my focus was on her. And I remember like the guy trying to get involved, like, ew. And that's kind of was like, what the fuck? I remember being like, (laughs) what just happened here? I was like, I love that. I was cool without him being here. (laughs) Like, go away. And I remember him being very frustrated because it was supposed to be like, and I was like, ew. Yeah. So that's kind of, I was like, Oh, okay. And it started a conversation and I knew I liked women, but I thought it was more of a sexual thing. And then I married a man mm-hmm. and um, a wonderful person, but it wasn't until after our divorce that I was able to ask myself those hard questions of, mm. I know I'm attracted to women. Could I romantically date one? And that was very different for me. I'm like, how does that work? Uh, How do you even come out? What does that look like? Um, So it it wasn't till later in life that I was able to have that conversation with myself and have the comprehension to do that. Mm -hmm. The space mentally, emotionally, without
1: judgment of myself. Okay, let's go back to like high school days. Okay. You are, you kind of know you're gay, you're bouncing around. You said you went to three different high schools Mm -hmm. and then you dropped out. Yeah. Why did you drop out? What were your hopes? What, what was your kind of like headspace in that time?
0: You know, I always thought I'd go to Stanford and that's, that was my goal. I was a fairly good student. Um, I started suffering with like severe panic attacks, anxiety, I didn't know at that time we didn't talk about mental health like we do now. Mm-hmm. And so I would just like hide out in the bathroom. Um, I was also kind of a raging bitch, to be honest. And I found acceptance in being a mean girl mm. and it got to hide all of the insecurities that I had. And so I was like, if I'm just this sassy mean girl, that makes up for all of my lack of everything else. And since I had moved so many times, I would have to be a super senior That's just not going to happen for me. Mm. And I had to help out with some things at home. And so I just dropped out and I knew where I wanted to be in life. I knew which spaces I wanted to be in and I needed to talk like that. I needed to know certain things. So everything that I learned since that time, I was just hungry to learn. I would spend hours at the library. I would hear words that were said, you know, by, um, Fluent people, I'd write them down and look them up, carry a dictionary
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I could at least speak that way if I didn't have, you know, the education that they had. So that's just kind of what led me to getting to where I am now is putting myself around the people that I kind of wanted to become and just kind of taking notes and learning that way. You don't have to have a total, like a normal background mm-hmm. of, you know, going to college and you know doing all these things no mm-hmm. like i'm still just as successful if not more at, in certain spaces as those people it's that is, has nothing to do with your worth if you don't have that type of background
1: yeah i've always been a really big advocate for that type of message because mm-hmm. i i also i didn't go to college yeah. i I graduated high school and then I, I felt the pressure to start making money. Mm -hmm. I money was like a big stressor in my household and growing up. And so I was like, I don't want to ever have that. I want it to just not be a thing. Mm -hmm. So I felt like I needed to go right into like this kind of job mode, making money. And I got into like nightlife and, you know, things like that. And just started stacking away money. And I knew like nightlife is not where I want to be, but like this is what I'm going to do to get there. It's like a more scrappy way. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes when I'm in, spaces where a lot of people are educated or you know i know like all everybody here went to college and i'm just like trying to float like, yeah i'm just like yeah. nodding my head and i'm like mm-hmm, you know yeah I'm oh my vibe, god but, like, SATs, the <laughs> i hate them yeah. oh, i'm like the worst like i couldn't tell you
0: anything they're like what'd you score i'm like 5000 <laughs> i don't know what it's off of i'm like it was so hard yes totally. but like
1: i fall back on I'm in the same room as you, you Mm -hmm. know, and like, that's valid. And there are scrappier ways to do life and those ways of doing life give you just as much value in, Mm -hmm. in a different way.
0: Yeah. And I think it's so important to learn that we are never in a place to judge even ourselves, like how we chose to survive Mm -hmm. and how to get there. I mean, I was young living on my own and had nowhere to stay And I was like, if I sleep with this person, he'll get me a hotel for the night. And it's Mm -hmm. so sad looking back because Mm -hmm. of how much I reduced that part of myself Mm -hmm. of it had to be for a hotel room. It had to be for gas money. And there was so much shame that it filled myself um, with these portions of myself that. Still beautiful. Mm -hmm. I'm still the same person. I'm still worthy of everything that I'm going to achieve. And those things, those were just, and I know some people don't believe sex work is real work. It is. Mm -hmm. And even as somebody who danced for literally a a month, I was the worst stripper. (laughs) It was so bad.
1: Can we talk about this? Because I also have a
0: stripper story. Let's share.
1: Let's swap. Yeah. (laughs) It was
0: my son wanted to go to this expensive zoo camp. I couldn't afford it Mm -hmm. and I didn't have any help. And, you know, I, I believe in doing whatever you got to do. That's just my mantra. Like, I don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. Oh, you want to do this? I will. I want you to have a different life than I have and or had. And he wanted to go. I hit up a friend. I was like, never did it before. But can you get me in tonight? Mm -hmm. I got to get this this tuition for his thing. And um, I went down across the street, bought myself a pair of clear heels and some probably the shittiest little outfit you've ever seen. It was just fucking floss. Exactly. Yeah. Went in and I was just like, oh shit. Like, actually I'm fired in here. I great. It was actually going kind of fire. <laughs> and I realized it did exacerbate at the time my drinking and drug use. You can do anything, you know, like that mm-hmm. when you're faded, you're just like, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think Big Bank, that song, was my shit. Oh my god. I was god. like, Hey, can you That wait is the going strip on? club I like Big Bang Take hey. <laughs> Like that was my shit. Like you couldn't tell me shit when that song <laughs> came on. And so my thing was the stage. That was my thing because I love to work out. Mm-hmm. I love to dance. And that was it. I was getting dollars for doing what I like to do. But where you make your money is the dances, the private ones. And that's where I failed Yeah, because somebody would be like, oh my gosh, this one, like hours of a couple thousand dollars. And I'd be like, ew. And so I I just, I couldn't. And so, um, I ended up spending a lot of my own money on the drinks and the stuff to keep me Uh, going.
1: Yes. Isn't that just the life though? Isn't that just what ends up happening?
0: I probably could have made it what I needed in one night. Yeah. (laughs) But it ended up dragging for a month because I couldn't make shit because I sucked. (laughs) So... I, you know, but I got the tuition. I was like, I get the fuck out of here. Good for um, you. And I, I, did my shit. He went to zoo camp. I still have the video of him coming out of zoo camp, being like, mommy. It was so fun. And I was like, yes, and I will shake my ass a million times because my kid is going and deserves the best. Yeah, life. good this for you. Kind of I love I you for some that. people are probably gonna feel a type of way, no. that,
1: but I don't. I do <laughs> space here. Right, right. My stripper experience did not go so well. Okay, so I was a stripper for a day. I I was working at this bar quit the bar on an emotional whim like like long backstory but fuck this place yeah the girl that was living with me also worked at the bar she's like did you just quit i'm like yeah i just quit she's like well i'm quitting too rent's due in three days i have Shit. no money in my bank account because when you're living that lifestyle yeah it's like money in money out you're like mm-hmm. i'm gonna make it tomorrow it's yep. fine so I'm, I'm panicked. I'm like, this is, this is bad. Like, I don't know. I don't want, I, I'm going to have an eviction on my record. She's like, no, no, you're not. We're going to, we're going to go dance $250 to my name. I go to the store. I buy my clear heels and my, <laughs> and my fishnet dress yep. and my green color contacts and her I'm <laughs> screaming. You did not and her and i drive down to austin texas we drive three hours we stay at a motel six i haven't i'm not eating because i'm like i need to look good like right you know you're just so like, we, I eat like peanuts out of a vending machine for dinner uh, it is like a tuesday morning day shift up. and we go into this strip club and we're like we're here to dance they're like okay go you're off we go in, we meet this nice woman, Jizz L, who shows us around. Jizz L? <laughs> Emphasis on the jizz. Jizz Shows us around the club. Whatever you got to do, that corner's for this. This corner's for this. I'm like, <laughs> here's the thing I do not dance, not a dancer. I'm like, there is no fucking way I'm getting, getting on that stage. stage. <laughs> Absolutely not. So Giselle, please tell me how I, I'm how f- do I make that happen? <laughs> so she's like, if you can find a guy to buy you a bottle, you don't have to go on stage. He can just buy you off stage. I'm like, all right, find a guy. He's wearing a tie. I'm like, are we getting a bottle? Buys a bottle. I sit with this guy all day. Yep. Not one dance. Gives me $4,000. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the best day of my life i am yeah. I'm, I'm coming back next weekend i am a stripper now you're like this is my life this mm-hmm. is amazing <laughs> meanwhile my friends on stage much like you ch- using chairs props whipping her hair around <laughs> i mean the whole nine she makes like 800 bucks i'm like okay, okay whatever we got to get out of here we, we leave right. with like five grand right mm-hmm. well we're hungry because we hadn't been eating we go to a panda express We're like, oh my God, we're strippers now. We made $5,000. We are rich. Let's eat some orange chicken. We go back to the car. Stripper wallet, gone. Entire stripper purses, gone. I was robbed while I was in a Panda Express of every dollar that I made as a stripper. Every dollar. So I just want you to understand that I paid my last $250 to be a
0: stripper. I am still trying to like comprehend that because I was so happy for you I know. that you had such a successful first experience I know. and your ass got robbed while you were eating orange I chicken. I was smited. That's literally universe saying, fuck you uh-uh. for not believing that I was going to make a way. <laughs> yeah. You made your own fucking way and look what happened. Yeah. And look what you get.
1: Sit the fuck down. Damn. <laughs> That's the, wow. So I oh went back shit. to bottle service after Cap. that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep.
0: I don't know what I went back to doing, but I went back to whatever that was. I'll to say. Do what
1: the fuck you got to do.
0: Just do it. Who gives a shit? To Scrappy be is sexy. Yep. Yeah. You're going to do what you got to do. And I would love to be with a person that has that same mentality. Say whatever we yes. got to do, fuck it. Get yes. it. Yeah. yeah. Get there.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. So where. I, I, we're kind of jumping all over yeah. the place. So when did you have your son with who, how did all of that happen? Yeah. So,
0: um, I met my ex husband through, um, a mutual friend, which is, this is so foul, whatever. Um, I was like blacked out at a party and I remember calling her and she was like, I'm sorry. I can't come get you. I'm on a date right now. And I was like, please. Uh. And her date was like, I'll go with you. I don't mind picking her up. All I remember is waking up the next morning and looking over and I saw my ex-husband and I was like, and she was right next to me and she was like, don't even fucking think about it. I was like, well, honestly, we're not that good of friends. <laughs> I'm sorry, sis, but yeah. And that was, that was, I think I moved in two weeks later. I was pregnant like a month later. Oh, wow. Couple, like it was, Fast. but We didn't know each other that well. Mm -hmm. It was like a young love, whatever. And it was just full throttle. I did the very best I could Mm -hmm. being a wife. But, you know, in hindsight, I had so much trauma to sort through that. I just kind of projected and tried to control so much. Um, But I had um, our son and you were young. I was in. I think I had him at 22. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting, and I think, you know, we just got to a place like we want two very different things in life. We're very different people, and um, so we weren't married for very long at all. Mm -hmm. And But having a son that young, it's like we grew up together. Mm -hmm. I didn't know who I was, and I didn't know. I didn't have that experience where I had him and was like, oh, my God, had this immediate magical moment during him. I just looked at him. and was like, I don't know who that is, Mm -hmm. like, and it was my... I didn't have that room mentally. I I didn't know what to do, and I went through really bad postpartum. And I don't think I really felt connected to him till maybe after he was a year mm. or so. And um, it was we get like closer the more and more as he gets older because I start to see his personality, and I was like, oh, this is really a dude. Like this is a human. Oh, cool. Like I have a <laughs> built-in friend, and we are just so close. Because of that, even like me figuring out myself and everything just as he's a kid, is it's just beautiful. And I know a lot of women can feel a type of way about that, about figuring out their sexuality after being married to a man and after kids. That can be really scary. Did that start to happen while you were married? No, I knew I was attracted to women and mm-hmm. I thought it was more so a sexual thing at that point. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until after I got to force that it was more of a, a conversation with myself of, mm-hmm. okay, what does this look like? And now I have a child. Is that, what's that going to look like for them? All of a sudden they're going to have two moms and what, how how, are, how is society going to treat them because of that? And it would be easier if I just went back to a man and I should probably do that for my child. And I think the biggest thing, if I could stress to any woman is your life doesn't stop when you have kids and Mm. we can lose ourselves so much. I remember um, when my son started going to school, I was like, what do I like? What do Mm. I like to do? I am so much more than Ezra's mom. And we, we have to make this space to continue to get to know ourselves. And you still deserve to figure out your sexuality after you have kids. The kids are going to be fine. It's our own stuff that we have to unpack. And the reaction some of our kids have, we have to remember, are the programming that we showed them growing up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they might feel a little bit weird. My son didn't experience that. And he was a little bit younger. He was just kind of like, two girls can like each other. Mm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. And he's like, what about two boys? And I was like, yeah. Yeah. He was like,
1: huh, okay. And how did you, how did you like approach that conversation with him? I was so extra. (laughs) So dumb. Looking back, I was just
0: like, I need to talk to you. (laughs) Mommy likes women too. And he just looked at me like, are you making this a big deal? Mm. But, and he was just, it was more the concept had nothing to do with me. Him just understanding like, okay, I didn't know that they could do that, but cool. Mm -hmm. I didn't experience this, but I know that when you're co-parenting, the other parent can worry that you're projecting your views on your child, which is not, not the case. You can still nurture and help them come into themselves. Mm -hmm. And I remember (laughs) my son a couple years ago was like, you know, I think I'm gay. And I was like, cool. I was like, tell me why you think that. And he was like, there's a kid in my class. I think he's just like really attractive. And I was like, oh, is he beautiful? And he's like, yeah. I was like, so you want to like ask him out? And he was like, what? No. (laughs) And I was like, oh, so you're just appreciating him being a beautiful human. Mm -hmm. He was like, yeah, so I'm gay. And I'm like, no, I was Mm. like, you can appreciate these things and not be gay. And he was explaining how girls get to wear their hair long and not be made fun of and it's accepting with the other parent and he was like if I was a girl like I wouldn't have this problem I could paint my nails and not feel weird if I was a girl so then he's like I think I'm trans and I'm like I was like hold on hold on I know there's a lot of representation in our life about that But uh, that doesn't equate your experience. Mm -hmm. So I show him, you know, Machine Gun Kelly, Tyler, the creator, Dennis Rodman, because he loves basketball and be like, this has nothing to do with your sexuality. And I took him to go get his nails done with me. And I was like, okay, your nails are done. Do you want to go on a date with a boy? And he was like, what? And I was like, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Doing your nails, wearing a dress doesn't all of a sudden being like, I want to be with a man that is not a gateway to sexuality. And I think so many people try and find that of like, there's, there's no correlation to what you put on your skin suit totally says who you want to have sex with, who you want to be with. That is the wildest concept to me. Mm -hmm. And the kids are going to be just fine. We have to remember they have their own identity. They're not these all of a sudden like sponges where we say we're one thing Oh, they're going to identify that way as well. Mm -hmm. They have their own journey. There's so many complexities and different facets of things. So you are a separate person beyond mom. That isn't a product of a relationship or whatever that happened. And you're still you, you have to figure out yourself. That's how you show your kids depth and you know, range of, oh, mom did this. And then now she's figuring this out. That shows in their space to figure things out for Mm. themselves. Yes. So that was like the biggest, the biggest thing with my son.
1: At what point did your career start to
0: take off? It's so funny when people ask that, because I think it's so relative. Sometimes I'll think I'm like so boring and lame. And then (laughs) you are like, wow, you did. I'm like, is that cool? But first agency I ever walked in at 16 was Ford. I was like, I'm that, I'm that bitch. Like I Mm -hmm. just, I really thought they were like, you're not. (laughs) Um, so I got a million no's always got no's. And I, but I did, uh, I modeled like on the side as my own thing, you know? And then it wasn't until after I had my son actually that, um, a friend was just like, have you ever looked into sports and fitness? And I was like, I didn't even know that's a thing. She's like, oh, well you should submit to, to this agency. And, 20 minutes later, I had a contract and it just all fell into place. And I, I truly believe that it happens in its perfect timing. I always say uh, God's plan, not mine, because I don't know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And um, my first client was Nike. Oh, and God. that was my dream client at the time. They were my first one and it was like Lululemon. Like it was just a, like and but that did not equate success Sure. At all. I think people think, you know, they see these big campaigns and you just made it. No, you were constantly hustling. And I think it's like that dog from where I came from, that grit. That's what's helped me get to where I am because I'm like, I'm never going back to that. So that means sometimes I'll sleep two hours a night. If that means I got to research the photographers that I need, how do I get better? But also mentally, you know, sometimes modeling can be a little bit mindless and I don't, I don't want to ever do that. And so it's just like, stay on your shit. Like, Mm -hmm. let's go. And there's so many, I think there's a lot of people that think that it's owed to them because they're gorgeous or their bodies are perfect. There's a million other women in the world that are gorgeous and their bodies are on point or whatever with the right connections. And you just have to have that hustle because there's so many people that want it potentially more than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So where are you at today? Tell me about your life and where you've come to? Yeah. Um,
0: you know, I'm based in Portland. I'm here all the time. My job brings me back and forth. I, I'm i in a season of ascension. That was my keyword last year in every area of life, you know, relationships, work. And I really think that I'm in a place where I'm like, you know, reaping the fruit of the work that I've done mm-hmm. in terms of modeling some of my dream clients are starting to come forward. There's still some that I'm like manifesting this. <laughs> um, but the first children's book um, that I wrote comes out later this spring and um, it's mommy's house. And, you know, basically based off my son and I and the complexity and feelings of living between two households, because that is, you know, what is the statistic now? What 53% mm-hmm. of households end in divorce? Why aren't there more things to showcase early readers that that's normal? And then it's a whole series where there's gonna be mommy's uh new friend, <laughs> and you know, him being like, uh-huh. You know, like there's a woman, interesting, but that was mom's friend, and then those feelings. And then you know, there's able bodied, and you know, his friends living with disabilities. I want in each book someone to be like, Oh. They're wearing glasses. Oh, they—they're in a wheelchair. Oh, they have two dads. You know, just everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's the biggest thing. It's and it derived from my son. You know, crying when he was younger and wanting. You know, both both uh, parties in the house. And it's all about that. And I'm. I finally found my own voice. I found out what my mission is in life. And it took a long, long time to get where I'm at and sorting through my own shit. But finally here and sharing and just i want to leave everybody a little bit better after i meet them and i think that i'm really grateful that i finally made it here
1: yeah i love that and i admire you for it and i appreciate you you for sharing and being here if you had one piece of advice for somebody who's just trying to make it yeah Just trying to make it through life and going through some of these struggles, maybe with sexuality or any of the struggles you've been through. What what would that piece of advice be?
0: Keep going. Mm. And I always thought that was so cliche. You know, you watch the award shows and they're like, keep dreaming. Keep I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like Mm -hmm. you made it. I don't want to hear that shit. But at the same time, there were so many opportunities for me to give up. I mean, I had overdosed on coke at one point because it was cut with fiberglass and Fuck. there's no way a, a, a girl like me could ever you know be respectable look at this oh i was in sex work to get ahead in life um there are so many things that you could look back full of shame and be like i cannot make it in these circles i cannot make my highest potential look how i started mm-hmm. that's not how it. everybody has a story whether you resonate with it or not And since there are people that might have the same um, story or similarities as you share it, it's so scary. But your truth literally can save somebody. I remember three times I tried to end my own life, you know, at 20, I believe I was 20, and then once in eighth grade, and that was it. I don't fit in in this world. I'm completely misunderstood I have what, you know, you see as maybe stains on who I am that I could never move past of things that I've done or happened to me. And I would just see these YouTubes of people being like, I went through this, I went through this. And I'd be like, they made it here. And so by utilizing whatever platform you have, even if it's going to coffee or talking to somebody and just Your shit is can save so many people. Mm -hmm. You can still reach where you want to be in life, no matter if you used to sell drugs or whatever, getting out of prison. There is there. Yes, there will be hurdles. Yes, there's going to be judgment it's going to be hard at times, but you literally just keep going, whether it's just for yourself or your kids or that random one person somewhere that you don't know, that's going to hear your story mm-hmm. and push them to be the best version of themselves as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think about that a lot. Like some of the things that I've been through and harbored a lot of shame for, I feel like are what give me so much empathy for people or like the ability to put myself in people's shoes because I'm like, well, you've been there. I've been here. It's no, it's no different, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and, and we can, we can do better and make better and be better. And yeah, um, I think that's a really beautiful message. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. We take advice submissions from all of the social media pages and we got one. I recently came out at the ripe age of 28 and I'm struggling to figure out my type, my league and who is even interested in me. Next time you have a guest, could you ask them if love bombing is something I need to get used to when dating women? How do I know if this person just wants to hook up or wants something more serious? Because with men, you could fucking tell, LOL. Just want to know if there are signs I should be catching before falling head over heels for someone who just wants to sleep around. Okay, first of all, Whoever that is,
0: <laughs> the league, your league, what <laughs> it's somebody could be the most famous person or have the most money, whatever, and they could still be a piece of shit human. Yeah. Or, and it, it has nothing, their status has nothing to do with it. Shoot your shot. And your type is something I think that you figure out as you go. Yeah. You'll be like, mm, I did not like that. Or, and, it's an evolving process constantly. Unfortunately, a lot of trial and error. I wish there was a way around it. Yeah. Like I told you that first date, I was like, I don't think that you could be any farther than my type. And, but I literally, each person I'd be like, never date somebody like this. yeah, Like that was just like how you, how you do it. There's so much power in owning uh, what you're looking for and your time I'm selfish with my time. So don't waste it. Cause you'll never hear from me again. Mm. Like I don't, I have how many minutes left on this earth and I'm going to be with you for how long? And you're just wasting that. Mm-hmm. No. So I'm going to be forward, especially with kids. Oh like, yeah. You gotta really like, this is, there's no room. Assert These, your boundaries. hundred yeah. percent. As soon as you smell bullshit, fucking run. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think that's just
1: like good life advice in general. Mm-hmm. Like if your instinct is going that way. Yeah. You're probably right.
0: Yeah. And I know a lot of times we're like, is this my intuition or is this my insecurity? And then it gets a little muffled. Gray area is not white. Yeah. That's how I keep it. If it's if it's looking a little off white, run and ask questions, poke holes, and you're going to see if the ship sinks or not. So just keep, if that's what you want is a long term or whatever, you just keep asking questions. Even mm-hmm. if you just want to hook up and they're looking for something, you're going to find out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Yay. My shit show life is <laughs> <It's>
0: paying <off>. somebody.
1: <laughs> All right. We play a game. It's called U-Haul or U-Ghost. Okay. Nothing in between. Okay. She texts with a lot of emojis, like Britney Spears level emojis. I think that's like a U-Ghost. Really?
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like that's weird. I feel like that's not their personality in real life. And so they use all these things. And so like, and it's like, what are you doing that for? What if it's like witty though? Like sometimes an emoji is warranted. Oh, 110%. Like the melting one. Yes. That's, yes. I use that like often.
1: But it's just, she uses <laughs> 25. She uses like hella.
0: I feel like I'd be like, mm. so I'd have, I have
1: to, I'd have to go. Okay. We're ghosting. She wears socks to bed.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> and it's okay if someone ghosts me doing it. I would I you haul for sure, but I'm a really sweaty person, and I get like really embarrassed. So I wear socks because I know my feet are going to sweat. You're going to be cute and like want to like touch feet, and I'm like, please don't. They are wet.
1: They're sweaty. They're sweaty.
0: I'm it doesn't matter if I wear socks breathing. to bed too. Yeah. My girlfriend, it freaks her out. I yeah, I don't at home, but
1: but when <laughs> you're I'm with, with someone...
0: someone, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'll wear like a hoodie. Sometimes, if I'm Aww. like really, really sweaty, I'm like because I don't want them to like touch me. And then you're just like dying because then you're sweating then I'm more. Sweating more. <laughs> you're, the whole, you're... They touch your back and it's just whew. yeah.
1: You're in mittens. You're in socks. You're in. <laughs> just, you're like, don't touch me. It is a sauna. I'm like
0: we let's talk in the shower because that's the only place that's safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like it's the water
1: and not sweat. Like that's the only place. I mean, <laughs> as a person who grew up with a sweating problem and yeah. clammy hands, I really feel <laughs> this. <laughs> And you hold like little paper towels
0: before you hold hands. I'm like,
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people out there feel really seen right now. I hope so. <laughs> I always felt alone and weird. So <laughs> she's been engaged more than three times. You all.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've been engaged, well, married once and engaged another time. But I just feel like maybe I'm different, but like, I just feel like whatever. Like, yeah. We love each other. Just go for it. And okay. You break up. Yeah. Like it, things end no matter what situation that you're in. You're falling hard. You're living life hard. Yeah. I'm like, what if, what if I die tomorrow? was like what am I going to say now? But then of course then I don't die tomorrow. And then like, you know all of a sudden you're married and it keeps going because you keep living
1: so I guess yeah I don't know I do all some people don't even get to be engaged one time that's what I'm saying if you get to be engaged three times you're probably a bad bitch honestly yeah I'm like wow I people keep want pulling you. them
0: yeah. they really want this <laughs> wow I love it I love her actually I'd be like they saw something three
1: times damn I'm gonna see one too <laughs> I'm into it. Like, I love it. I'm going to be the one that actually marries her. I will. And I will propose the fourth time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. You go on a date. Uh You like this person, you're obsessed with this person. Oh, it's like, this is, you're like, Oh my God. You go back to the apartment. Things are going to happen. You walk into the living room. Huge, huge hamster playground lots of hamsters what <laughs> immediately i will
0: turn around right then in there why do you have so many rodents in what? here like it's not cockroaches it's hamsters it's hamsters you chose this yeah they chose it they are not coming in whenever we move in together and i'm sure she loves them <laughs> the so
1: i'm leaving no that's fair she what if it was it. one hamster just really big playground like she is giving this hamster the life it deserves with this say. huge okay because i just be
0: like you're
1: off but okay well in that way i'm like you're you're kind of a good mom you're a good hamster mom as a you know me having an offspring a human offspring
0: <laughs> i i I couldn't respect that. Okay. <laughs> you <laughs> probably like, know more than like, mom knowledge. life, and I'm like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> whatever. Like, just put it in the backyard or something. I don't know. My son can help you do whatever, and just leave me out of it. <laughs> that is so fair. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I'm glad we clarified that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you end up trying to set me up with someone, don't let them have rodents. Okay. Right.
1: Okay. Maybe Mm. one rodent, not multiple rodents. No. Mm Okay. Okay. Very clear. That's weird. Good to know. Okay. All right. We're drinking tea today. Mm -hmm. Do you have any final statements, final words? You're doing the best you can and that's
0: more than enough. If all you do is brush your teeth and shower, you won. Yeah. That's great. You don't have to, maybe the person next to you is just fucking running a marathon and doing all these things, and you're like, I got out of bed. I haven't folded the laundry, haven't tweezed or washed my hair in a couple weeks. I've cried every day. You drink some water. You brush your teeth. You're fucking killing it. You're mm-hmm. doing a great job. Living right now is you're in a chaotic world that wants you to be hard, and you're staying soft. You're feeling your stuff. That's that's fire. Don't ever feel like you're not doing enough. Being here and showing up for just yourself more than enough.
1: Beautiful. Yeah. Cheer. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find today's guest at Chloe Alexandra XO, our show at Made It Out Podcast, and me at Mal Glowinky. This episode was produced and edited by Matilde Jordan and worked on only by lesbians. As always, please help us spread the gay agenda by writing us a review on Apple, radio us on Spotify, and sharing with everyone you've ever met. Your grandma is gay, just born
0: in the wrong era. Trust me, go ask her.